I hope that uh, you haven't run out of tinfoil listening to the couple parts of this episode so far. But just thought I would get that stuff out there, get it out of my head. Having it out of my head will let me move on to other things like my discounted cash flow model. The Tesla Q podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended for and should not be used as financial, investment, or trading advice. Research associated with fiscal decisions should be conducted elsewhere. The host of the show possesses no license or credentials to warrant accepting advice based on what is heard on the Tesla Q podcast. Additionally, even though the host and guests may hold positions in companies discussed on the show, they don't have insights into the next time step of the simulation. Therefore, do not make any financial decisions based on the contents of this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 44 of the Tesla Q podcast. This is your host TQ. As always, if you'd like to be a patron of the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Tesla Q podcast and sign up to make a monthly contribution. You can sign up for as little as a dollar a month. There's only there's a, a limited number of the dollar per month subscriptions available. And just as a quick update, I've recently posted my my watch list, my short watch list. And as of this evening, I added one long idea to it. And that is available for subscribers at the levels above $1 per month. So as for as little as $2.10 per month, you can have access to that list. And actually, and, and I'm fine with people who have access to that list sharing the link, as long as they share it with people that they trust to not propagate it further and to possibly actually provide good input to it. The list includes the ability for people who have the link to make comments on sales. I've already had one person do that, and I've also gotten a direct message on Twitter from one of my patrons who apparently would like to collaborate on some ideas. So part of why I started this podcast, part of how I got so deep into Tesla Q Twitter was my recognition that people in Tesla Q Twitter are smart and generous. And it seemed like a really good place to collaborate. So this is an idea that I had over the weekend and have have gone with. Uh, It's just a Google Sheets document like a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet. It has literally only four columns right now company name, ticker symbol, some notes, and whether I have a position or not. As always, that list is not advice. It's just a watch list, but it's a watch list of ideas brought forth from Tesla Q Twitter or just from my own research. So it's either just directly from me or from Tesla Q Twitter. So I'll just say one of the ideas on there is Boeing Airlines, and that was predominantly from Elmer Fudd and Ted Stein on Twitter. And the reason that I'm sharing that one in particular is because they have adopted the cash tag BA.D. So dollar sign BA.D. So obviously Tesla Q came about because a Q is added when a stock goes bankrupt. So for many, many companies who might be good short opportunities, there's not a high likelihood that the company will actually go bankrupt. So a Q would not be appropriate. So rather than a Q, a dot D maintains the cash tags integrity so that it's still a singular tag, but a unique tag. So I did look back and it looked like well over half of the dollar sign BA dot D tags were Elmer. So in the future, if you have a good short idea and you're part of Tesla Q, put a, a cash tag, 
the ticker symbol and .d at the end. And I think that'll help us to, to organize our ideas a little bit better and continue the excellent, excellent collaborative research that has been Tesla Q Twitter. So maybe, maybe Tesla Q won't die whenever Tesla does whatever it ends up doing. That was a long intro. So this is episode 44. Our recent episodes on number 40, we had Milena Lukoski. Let me let me pull the, up the list of episodes just so I I don't misspeak here on the on the episode numbers. So yeah, episode 40 was an interview with Milena Lukoski. Episode 42 was an interview with Christina Balan and episode 40 sorry, episode 41 was with Christina Balan. 42 was the one year fraud anniversary. 43 was the interview with Carl Hansen. So Milena, of course, had excellent discussions about her experience as a whistleblower and how she can see signs of the psychopathic or sociopathic business model. Sometimes psychopathic goes along with that. Um, Christina, of course, talked about her experience as an automotive engineer, her background of being from Romania and her experience with Tesla, how she helped to get the battery arrangement worked out in CAD and how she ultimately was trying to help Tesla by informing management of things that needed to be fixed and in telling them she was let go, basically. I don't know the full process of of her leaving Tesla, but basically it was her trying to help Tesla that ultimately caused her to, to leave Tesla, in addition to the fact that she was grossly overworked And now she, of course, has her her defamation case against Tesla. Episode 42, I talked about the anniversary of the funding secured tweet, along with a timeline of events that led up to that event, which were part of what drew me into Tesla Q Twitter. And episode 43 was an interview with Carl Hansen, where he talked about his background in the military as a medical ombudsman. And now he's the de facto Tesla ombudsman. Carl's very generous. He he replies to my emails super quickly. So I had a couple follow-up questions after that interview. I'm going to go dig those back up and email them to him. So be on the lookout. I'll, I'll probably just reply in the thread underneath that interview on Twitter. Um, also, I had a patron request that I put episodes on Patreon so that they wouldn't need to go to more than one application to listen to episodes. So I'm going to start doing that uh, probably with this episode and I'll try to go back and add the other ones on there. I, I don't guess it makes a whole lot of difference whether you listen on Patreon versus Podbean versus iTunes versus Spotify versus YouTube. I don't really care. I mean, listener numbers or whatever. I don't, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to them. I honestly only check it every couple weeks. So it won't hurt my feelings. So I'm going to plan to do that. And with the podcast going forward, like I mentioned, I've started the the really simple little watch list with notes about possible decent short ideas, added a long idea tonight to that, that spreadsheet. I've also been working on a little bit of a simplified or modified discounted cash flow model for Shopify in particular. I currently hold a Shopify short position. So part of that exercise was me deciding if I'm an idiot for holding that position or if I should maybe use some options in addition to the core short position. I also have a weekly put spread at 350 and 345 position that expires this week. 
which may or may not be dumb. It was up big uh, this morning, and then I lost it. Whatever. I haven't mentioned yet. I'm recording this on August 13th, 2019. So in, in Tesla news, Tesla has been trading at very low volumes over the last few trading days. From a quick look here, today was under 5 million shares traded, and the prior two days, last Friday and Monday, the 12th of August, were both under 5 million as well. I think I think Friday was actually under 4 million shares traded, and the couple days before that were probably right around the same ballpark. Thursday might have been just a little bit over 5 million shares traded. So volume in Tesla has dried up considerably. In the past... One of the times that I noticed that volume dried up was right before Tesla laid off a bunch of people in January, which was announced, of course, really late in the night after midnight Eastern time on January 18th. Share price dropped $45 that day, which is a Friday. I remember it distinctly. I actually had one of my better short-term options trades in Tesla. Got really lucky on that day, so I, I remember it very well. And if you'll also remember, the Saudis, the Saudi Arabian Sovereign Wealth Fund, hedged their position that very day before on January 17th. So a little bit sketchy or extremely sketchy, depending on your viewpoint, that they hedged their position within hours, not days, but hours of Tesla announcing that they were laying off a substantial portion of their workforce. Well, 7% at least. That's not FUD, that's just a recognition of the timing of several events. So, yes, I'm a FUDster, whatever. I Call me a FUDster, I don't care. I'm just stating my observations. So, does the current low volume mean that some news is about to drop? I have no idea. I can't see the next time step in the simulation, as the disclaimer says at the beginning of the episodes. But it, it, it's possible. There has been a lot of action lately on the regulatory front. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or I think that's the proper words in the acronym NHTSA, has had a lot of uh, personnel turnover over the last five calendar days, six calendar days. The lady's name slips my mind. That was the deputy administrator who is leaving. Oh, yeah, her name was Heidi King. There's been several other people that are leaving that may or may not be a result of prior Tesla Q podcast guest Bloodsport Capital's actions, talking with his senators and representatives, and those questions moving through the governmental chains. But it's possible. He 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 said he was being kind of an a-hole and taking a victory lap on Friday when that news came out. But But it's possible that his making his representative government work for him has resulted in some actual change. I saw yesterday, I think, that the Institute, Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, IIHS, is going to be doing some testing on a Model 3. That might have been today, actually. I haven't seen anything about that yet, but that should be coming out soon. There's a lot of, lot of scuttle, maybe some of it fully confirmed, that there are insurance companies that will not currently insure a Tesla vehicle that has the full self-driving option. Uh, State Farm is one company that, that, that I've heard that about. Not sure if it's entirely true. I heard directly from a recent Model 3 purchaser that they were shopping for insurance and were told that having the full self-driving option made them not 
able to get insurance uh, directly from an insurance company. I don't know how widespread that is. I don't know how widespread it's going to be, but that's something that's out there being discussed by people. Just before I started recording this podcast, I was on Twitter and I saw a video of a Tesla. It looked, I think it was a Model X. It was either an X or a 3, but it looked like it was attempting to parallel park and it, it was doing good, but then it accelerated into a truck which may have damaged sensors and then it kind of started going crazy and from a lot of perspectives that video is probably or could be more damaging to tesla than the video over the weekend of the vehicle that was apparently using autopilot in russia and hit a tow truck and then subsequently exploded and fortunately there were no deaths in that accident there were injuries but not no, nobody died so that's very fortunate um in contrast to to some of the other accidents involving teslas but there there's a lot of discussion going on right now about tesla's autopilot quote unquote functionality there was a great article in the los angeles times on i think it came out friday of last week about tesla's full self-driving option and how that has led to a lot of deferred revenue on the their financials and the fact that it it appears that their plan is to roll out features periodically and recognize revenue as features are rolled out. My take on the matter is that over the air updates for quote full self-driving doesn't make any sense. And, and I'm not sure I actually fully had this, this stance developed until I saw a tweet yesterday that helped solidify it. But if, 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 if you're selling a product called full self-driving, it needs to be ready when when it's shipped. Over-the-air updates for full self-driving just doesn't doesn't make sense. I mean, the the whole way that Tesla's rolled out their autopilot and full self-driving and all that stuff just screams a need for cash as soon as possible when the product is not fully ready. I mean, Clearly, full self-driving is not fully ready because Tesla does not yet have their insurance product. They, the driver still retains liability when they're driving using Tesla's autopilot functionality. Insurance companies are extremely leery of it right now, apparently. So it's just uh, the timing of when they're selling it and when it's actually available is not a great business practice. Many people would call it outright fraud. I'll leave it as not a good business practice for now. I may, I may come around to the, the full out fraud terminology in the future, but I'm not, I'm not 100% there yet. I'm like 97% there though. What else? What else is new in Tesla? Oh yeah. Yesterday, August 12th, 2019 at about a little after 6 p.m. Eastern time, there was a new New York Times article from a former Pulitzer Prize author. He he won a Pulitzer Prize in 1988 for his coverage of the 1987 financial crash. James B. Stewart, I think is his name. But apparently last year on August 16th, 2019, no, 2018, August 16th, 2018, Mr. Stewart went to a house on East 71st Street in New York City, Manhattan, uh, guy you've probably heard of in the news this this past week, a guy named Jeffrey Epstein, an extremely creepy guy, obviously. 
but the reason that he went was to talk about rumors that he had heard about Epstein consulting with Elon Musk and or Tesla. So when that story came out last night, I read the story. I actually, I think I initially registered for a New York Times account. I, I don't think I'd done that before because I can't subscribe to everything. So, but I did it last night. And after, and once I got to the bottom of the article, there were related articles and I opened those, opened a couple of those and I was like, oh yeah, that article from August 16th, 2018, which caused Tesla's share price to go down considerably. And lo and behold, another one from August 15th, 2018 with an author named James B. Stewart. The one from the 16th had four authors, one of which was James B. Stewart. So based on the publication dates of those two articles, it's clear that the reason that Mr. Stewart went to Mr. Epstein's house was to talk about whatever consulting with Tesla and Elon Musk was going on. So there's been a lot of, a lot of people who have mentioned that there are aspects of the fact that Mr. Stewart went to Mr. Epstein's house that are less than, less than above board as far as turning a blind eye to the massive, massive improprieties of Mr. Epstein, who apparently died on Saturday of a self-inflicted hanging per the reports that are out. But it's clear that the, the reason that he went to Mr. Epstein's house was to talk about or to try to get information about Tesla based on the fact that there was an article on the 15th and then late at night on the 16th that talked about Tesla. And as, as you'll remember from episode 42, the one year fraud anniversary, that time period was directly after Elon made his thinking of taking Tesla private at 420 funding secured. And of course, shortly thereafter, in fact, one year ago today, today's August 13th, 2019 on August 13th, 2018, Ross Gerber of Gerber Kawasaki tweeted that the take private offer was the Saudis. I retweeted that early in the day today and or actually late last night and said it was almost one year ago to the date. Now it is one year ago to the date. But uh, there was another there were, there were a couple other things that I saw that implied that Mr. Epstein was good friends with Mohammed bin Salman, who's the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. So it's possible that whatever consulting Elon was doing directly or indirectly with Mr. Epstein was related to getting funding from the Saudis to take Tesla private. But that is entirely speculation. I have nothing definitive corroborating that or anything, but that's a possibility. And if you think about the crimes that Mr. Epstein was convicted of and was on trial for yet again, there was a, a another tweet from Elon Musk on... July 15th, 2018, shortly after the Thai cave rescue was completed. And I don't think I need to say what that tweet said, because you should be familiar with it if you're listening to this podcast. But there, there just, there's some things out there that, that make one wonder some things. Uh, another thing that got pointed out last night on Twitter by my most excellent episode 40 guest, Milena Lakoski, was the fact that Larry Ellison joined Tesla's board in late 2018. Um, I believe he bought shares of Tesla in October of 2018 and joined the board in December, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, that was not long after this meeting between James B. Stewart of the New York Times 
at Jeffrey Epstein's house that was because Mr. Stewart had heard that Mr. Epstein was consulting with Elon and or Tesla about board members. Specifically, the Stewart article mentioned a possible new chairman for Tesla. But recall that at the time, Elon Musk was still the chairman of Tesla. He had not yet been forced to step down from that role by the settlement with the SEC, which was reached on about September 28th or 9th of 2018. The settlement was reached on a Saturday, if I recall correctly. So whether whether there's any de- correlation with Mr. Ellison's appointment to the Tesla board and whatever involvement Mr. Epstein may or may not have had, I have no idea. It's fully speculative, but just something to think about. No clue if there's any actual relation, but something to think about. So I hope that uh, you haven't run out of tinfoil listening to the couple parts of this episode so far. But just thought I would get that stuff out there, get it out of my head. Having it out of my head will let me move on to other things like my discounted cash flow model for Shopify, where trying to figure out what weighted average cost of capital I should use and what terminal growth rate, when I should assume the terminal growth rate happens, uh, what a reasonable free cash flow margin percentage might be. My plan for that is to look at Amazon to get like a bounding best case. Actually, I'll probably try to look at Amazon, Apple, and a few other of the just completely best operating companies in the market and see see what their cash flow margin is, just to give a, an upper bound for, for some assumptions for a rosy blue sky bull case for Shopify to see if their current 30 plus price to sales ratio makes any sense whatsoever. And also, I will continue updating the... Tesla Q-Sourced shortlist, which also has a couple long, well, it has one long now, but may add some more in the future. So check that out if you're a greater than $1 per month patron. If you are if you legitimately can only afford to be a $1 a month patron, but you would like to have access to that, send me a, a message on Patreon and I'll send you the link. Uh, but otherwise, up your, up your game to the $2.10 per month level. And please do comment on it. Like if you have any ideas, if you have short ideas, long ideas, bounce them off me. I'll, I'll be glad to consider them. Not, not saying that we're going to make a community sourced hedge fund or anything, but sharing ideas is beneficial. So I think that's enough for this episode. So we'll call this episode number 44 of the Tesla Q podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.